Pittsburgh sports fans, welcome back to another episode of Back to the Tunnel. I am your host, Jeff Hartman, here for your PM podcast on DK Sports Radio. Hopefully, you're listening to us in whatever avenue that is, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Anchor. If I missed one, we're there. Don't worry about it. But follow us so that you not only get DK's Daily Shot in the morning and Back to the Tunnel in the afternoon, but you get everything else. Like, for instance, just the other day, Dale Lolly and his SNR team were talking fantasy football. If you're a fantasy football guy or girl, that's must must listen. It's all on our channel, so make sure you follow us. Today we're talking hockey pucks again with Taylor Haas. Taylor, what's going on? How are you today? Good. How are you? I am great, and I'm excited for hockey to actually come back. But I swear, this has happened to me since I came on more than once in June. I started full-time with DK Pittsburgh Sports June 1, and I would send ideas to you all, and it's like, okay, this is promising. We're, we're going to get there. And you'd be like, well, there's still this upcoming. So it's okay. <laughs> And then there's new news. Hey, this is good. We're going to be at hockey. Well, we still have this. I swear there's something about the NHL that it's like once you think that there's something significant happening, whether it's with the return to play policies, whether it's dates for training camp, there just always seems to be another hurdle or two or three to go over before we actually can say it's finalized. Please give the listeners out there a recap of what's going on. Where are we in regards to CBA? Uh, discussions and negotiations, dates for training camp, dates to play, when they go to the hub cities, all that stuff. Let us know what's going on. Yeah, and it's funny. I think a couple of days after you started was when they voted to just approve the 24 team format. If they, if, if, you know, they do come back and you're like, all right, we know there's going to be hockey. And we're like, no, no, no. There's like (laughs) so so much to to go. Don't Um, listen to the football idiot who just joined the team. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So, so so a couple of days ago, what happened was they, they agreed on (laughs) what they're voting on pretty much, which is, uh, the the CB, CBA extension, uh, which would add four years to the current CBA, and then uh, so then the return to play package, you know, the whole plan. It's it's one it's just one vote. So on Tuesday, the NHLPA executive board, which is uh, it's thirty one players, one from each team, they voted to approve uh, the package, the the CBA uh, return to play plan. Um, so what that does is it sends it to uh, a full membership vote of all players, um, and they just need a simple majority to pass that. So the voting for that opened on Wednesday, and it'll run through Friday. So Friday, by Friday, we'll know if the NHLPA passed it, and then we need the Board of Governors to pass it. And then, uh, if, so we're cutting it pretty close. <laughs> So, I mean, if, if the Board of Governors and the NHLPA vote, you know, it, it, it's happening. And then training camps would resume on July 13th. So, I mean, we're, we'll know a few days before. Like, it's cutting it really close. Uh, July 13th, camps would open. Uh, July 26th is when they would move to their hub cities, which would be Toronto and Edmonton. And then games would begin on August 1st. I swear, this whole time has been literally a case of well, here's good news that there might be good news coming up in the future. Like that seems like it's what it's been the whole time. It's it's been eye gougingly frustrating. Not as frustrating as the baseball owners and and players 
squabbling mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But it's just been like, come on, let's, I just want to know, and I know you don't have this answer. No one does. <laughs> I just want to know that hockey is going to be played, period. I want to see the team actually practicing, not just going through these informal skating sessions with six to 12 players, all that stuff. But, you know, camp, I assume, I don't think anything's going to, like, I, I think a simple majority is going to pass it. I don't think there's any way that that's going to not happen. So let's go for the rest of the show with the assumption that hockey is going to take place. What is it going to look like for the reporters? This is really important to me, and it should be really important to the fans out there listening. Where the reporters are or are not is going to dictate the kind of coverage you get. And so what has the NHL said the reporters are going to be able to do or not be able to do both at training camp and then when they report to Hub Cities? Yeah, so pretty much for the rest of the season, we're, we're, we're done talking to players in person, which, I mean, it, we kind of expected. Yeah. Um, so for training camp, uh, so training camps, you know, they're going to be held at their NHL, either arenas or practice during, so the Penguins are having theirs in Cranberry. What they're going to do is uh, reporters, we just have to go through a different entrance. They're, they're limiting how many reporters would be able to go we don't know yet. I think it varies from team to team, depending on how big the facility is and how much you could space out the reporters. Uh, and we would basically, you know, go just sit up high above the rink and then uh, just, just watch. We wouldn't be able to talk to them in person, even from a distance afterwards. Uh, there would be a Zoom call after, which is pretty much what we've been doing anyway. So I guess they'd be doing them more frequently after training camp. They still don't know all the details. And then once uh, games start, <laughs> it's uh it, it's kind of goofy because I mean there there's going to be this bubble in you know Toronto and Edmonton but like reporters are not in the bubble like we're not allowed to you know they have these hotels locked down for the players and the staffs I think some people assumed you know in the beginning that you know we would be allowed to be in that and then you know kind of interact with the players but we're not <laughs> like we're not allowed to stay we're not allowed to be in the same hotels as them so if if you do go to Toronto or Edmonton, you can go to the games and I sit in you know probably the the press box, but uh, you would be able to talk to players in person after you know the uh, the the note in the in the NHL protocols it stressed that you know uh, there there is no additional access that would be gained from going there versus staying at home. So, I mean, some reporters, I mean, they're, they're still going to go to Toronto and Edmonton because, I mean, there is a benefit to, to watching the games in person versus on TV. I mean, you, you see things that you wouldn't see on TV, but just it's a, lot of, it's a lot of money to spend to go stay in Toronto and Edmonton potentially until October uh, without, without really being able to talk to anyone in person, you know? Well, you know what? And my mom used to hate when I said this as a kid. You know what? This really sucks. It sucks because... <laughs> the best coverage that we're going to get from a fan's perspective is going to be in training camp where you're actually going to be able to be in there and at least saying, wow, Malkin is flying around the ice. Crosby, Mm -hmm. here's the power play one unit that they have going right now. They've been putting Hornquist in there instead of this side of the other. It just seems like when the games count the most, they're going to be shutting everything out. Now I've paid attention enough to both you and Dave and, and Dayon talk about like, this is like a, according to Dayon, this is a dream come true for the NHL. They control everything, which I I guess from an NFL guy's perspective, this is really weird because the NFL is not that way. Do you think that the NHL is just, they're fine with saying reporters, you might as well just stay home. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I disagree because, I mean, the NHL has said uh, that, you know, this is not an indication of how things are going to be like in the future. Like, this isn't like a first step towards kicking up. Like, I, the, the NHL, I don't think they want us out of there. I, I, I know, I know, I know Dan's stance is that they would rather have their own in-house people cover the team. And I think, I know something he's pointed to as evidence of that is that uh, NHL teams, they're all required to bring, um, so what they're calling social media slash content creation. Each team has to bring one of those people with them into the, in, into the bubble. And like, I know, I know Dan said, like, see, this is, this is what I'm talking about, but, um, but, but I, social media content creation, it's kind of a goofy term. And I know some people think that like they're bringing someone just to tweet, uh, which they're not. And, or, you know, content creation, I know that sounds like articles, but like what, what they're talking about is like a photographer slash videographer, because what we're seeing in, in these informal skates, you know, like we're not allowed to be there, but each team does have already has one social or content creation that person there um that's how we're getting these videos that we're getting and um pictures of of the players on the ice so I mean that's just kind of the same thing uh that would be happening in the bubble which I mean it's not it's not ideal with the the coverage situation but I mean that's it's kind of how I cover Wilkes-Barre and like I'm, I'm not I don't write like minor league game stories so um, the goals are different, but I mean, that's what I do. Cause I'm not going to Wilkes-Barre yeah. uh, every weekend. You know, I, I watch the streams and then I call in and I can talk to the coach. I can talk to players. So this isn't that abnormal for, for me. Um, I think you can still do a good job with what they're giving us. Um, they're not trying to kick anyone out of there. I think, uh, you know, this is a really the best I could have done given the situation. And I hear you. And I think that at least with this season, they just want to try to get this, get through this. I mean, that sounds horrible. Let's just try to get through these playoffs and then we'll have an off season and then we'll revisit everything when the next season comes around. But my next question before our first break, and this is strictly your opinion. I'm not basing, I don't want you to base this off anything you've read. I mean, yeah, you can use past experiences and what's happened with the clubs, but do you think this is actually possible to pull off for the NHL, meaning getting through training camp, not having any major issues, getting to the hub cities, having everyone just basically sequester themselves and stay there and follow the guidelines and get through this. Is it possible? I, I just don't know. I mean, just, I mean, going off of what we're seeing in other leagues, um, so like the NBA, you know, there were, uh, issues with you know because teams had to be tested before they got into the bubble and there were issues like the day they're moving to the bubble the teams couldn't move right away because either positive or you know inconclusive tests we're seeing uh now that they're in the bubble uh there are issues some players seems like there's issues with like food like they're not happy with it um we're seeing uh the the wnba is also in a bubble in florida and uh the situation there is not that good and we're in, and in both leagues, the WNBA, NBA, uh, you're seeing players pull out, um, you know, not participated in, you know, in, in the MLB too. Players have said, you know, they're they're pulling out. Uh, the NHL, I think, in that regard, it's a little different. And that um, the NHL really 
the culture, hockey culture, they uh, really discourages any type of individuality like that. So I think hockey, regardless of how guys feel, we're not going to see as many people pulling out as we are in other in other leagues, just because, I mean, that's the culture. Uh, I don't know. I mean, even if, because <laughs> I know uh, there are a lot of guys who, like Carrie Price said, uh, he has a lot of questions. You know, he, he seemed really concerned about going into the bubble. And he said, if any, he did say, you know, if anyone decides to pull out, I wouldn't think any less of them. But I mean, it's one thing that I know guys will say that, but I just, I, I don't see anyone who has a problem actually, you know, standing up and uh, sitting out of the rest of the season. It is a different culture in mm-hmm. hockey in general. And that's hockey from the top down. I mean, I'm talking about your high school, your, your might leagues, all that stuff. Uh, it, it, it's a different culture. It is completely, and, and only if you've played it or covered it, do you really know what it's like. And so I don't see the opting out being as common in NHL as say the NBA or even major league baseball. Uh, I, 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 I have my hesitations as well uh, for a lot of different reasons, but my goodness, we need as sports fans, as people that we are not secluded to the fact that anyone that covers the hockey or baseball or NBA or football. We need these sports to return and we need them to be safe, but we need them to return. It's going to be important for a lot of different people. Let's hope they can pull it off, but we're going to take a look ahead to the next season. You know, we talked about on Monday with Dave, the salary cap situation. We're going to look at the Pittsburgh Penguins free agent list. Who's going to stay. Who's going to go. We'll be back right after this break. free agent list is long for the Pittsburgh Penguins after this upcoming season, the salary cap, there was talk about a salary cap freeze, regardless the Penguins, how, how much salary cap space are they expected to have? Do you have that number? Um, well, I mean, it, it, it varies. You can't really guess that far ahead. Um, they finished the year with like, you know, just under a million, but um, you can't really project that far ahead with, uh, you know, like long-term injury reserve, they always get some kind of relief off of that. Um, but I mean, it is going to be a flat cap next season at eighty-one point five million. So okay. we, we know it's going to be the same. We just don't know how much room they'll have to work with in the off-season. All right. So what are some big names? Uh, what are some big names that are going to be free agents after this season, and that the Penguins are going to have some difficult decisions with? Because just like in all the other sports, not named Major League Baseball, that have a salary cap. You cannot keep everyone. And that's something Steeler fans forget. In the 70s when they had their dynasty, they didn't have a salary cap. You could keep Mean Joe and Jack Lambert and all these Hall of Famers, and you didn't have to worry about anything. That's not the case now. Who are some big names that are coming up that we need to talk about? Well, I mean, the two, the two biggest are both goalies, Matt Murray, Tristan Jari. Now, they're both restricted free agents, which gives the Penguins um, – a little power, you know, if they, if they qualify them, if they make a qualifying offer, then they own their, you know, those like negotiating rights. Um, so 
as, as far as like how what decision you make with that I mean they're both due for raises Matt Murray this season he was making you know just under four million uh Tristan Jarrett was making you know the he's still on the league minimum at, at six seventy six hundred seventy five thousand. uh both of them do for pretty significant raises I <laughs> they really can't afford to to give them both I guess the money they deserve so I think with the goaltenders, and I mean, really with a lot of their restricted free agents, what you might see happen is what they did with Marcus Pedersen uh, when he was due for an extension. Uh, they didn't have enough space to give him, you know, the money they or the contract that he really deserved. So what they did was um, they signed him to a one-year deal with, um, I believe it's actually a little less money than he was making before. And then they re-signed him to an extension. Um, for it, it kicks in uh, next season for you know four million, which is probably a little more than he would have uh, made otherwise. So it, it's like you know uh, they 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 cut a break, they cut him break, you know for the for the next season, and they they make it up to him later. So we might see that. Um, and I mean, I think really most of their restricted free agents, I would see uh, them qualifying and trying to keep in that regard. Um, they have a couple of forward. Um, McCann's probably the biggest one. Uh, he was making a little over $1 million this year. I think, you know, they might have to keep him at that next year, you know, maybe on a one-year deal if they want to keep him around. Um, a couple of the young guys who came up from Wilkes-Barre, Anthony Angelo, Sam Lafferty, they're both restricted. Um, probably qualify them. They might end up in the minors, you know, next year. Um, Dominic Simone, I know he's one that uh, fans aren't, maybe wanting to see back just because uh, I don't know he's a pretty controversial guy he doesn't score a whole lot and he gets to uh, be on Sid's wing but he's very uh, he, he has a very cheap contract this year he was making um, uh, I believe it was like 50,000 over the league minimum uh, and a guy that cheap who can play up and down the lineup is someone you're gonna need to keep around you know when you don't have that much cap space um and I mean the other the only other two Fords are uh free agents are Connor Sherry and Patrick Marler. Patrick Marler's not coming back. Uh Connor Sherry, he would have to take like a pretty big pay cut. So All right, but let's do this. Let's do some predictions here. You're Jim Rutherford, put on your GM hat, and let's talk goalies first. You're the you you have to factor in a lot of different things here. You're factoring in expected payout meaning what are they going to ask for what are they going to get on the open market can the penguins match that as well as quality of play and also depth at the position so goalies if you're jim rutherford how are you who are you bringing back who are you letting go i mean i think mm, this is you i don't want yeah to hear, i know <laughs> i don't want to hear what you think they're going to do i want to do what you want to do yeah i see the thing is I think both really aren't in that much of a position to ask for too much money because what we're seeing teams do is move away from, you know, one clear starter, one clear backup and having a real tandem like they had this year. So in that case, you know, they really can't ask for, you know, big, you know, $10 million Vasilevsky contracts like, or, you know, Bobrovsky, that kind of stuff. I don't know if, if, if they can bring back, both goalies at you know combined like seven eight million that would be great but the thing is <laughs> uh if even if they are able to to do that 
they would, I mean, definitely lose the one the next year because the expansion draft is coming, uh, the Seattle expansion draft. Yeah. So uh, there's no way they keep Matt Murray and Tristan Jari for the next two years. So what we're really talking about is next year. Now, if they can trade the rights to one of them um, or re-sign them and trade them, that that is a way to free up cap space that, you know, wouldn't be that bad because they do have Casey Smith still in Wilkes-Barre under contract. Um, and he has been a backup up here before. He, he, he I mean, he's fine in that role. He, he He's good in that kind of backup role. So, I mean, they could do that. It, I guess it just depends on how how low you can get Murray and Jari to sign for. I mean, the, ideally you'd keep them both because they, they were a big, like a good tandem. Like they were going, you know, back and forth. No guys were uh, starting, you know, consecutive games for a while there. I'll say, keep- I'll say it. You let, <laughs> let, let Murray walk. Let him go. Okay. Let Murray okay. walk. He can get whatever he wants. I want Jari <laughs> back. The Smith is in the system. I feel like he's a quality backup could fill in if necessary. I think the Penguins have a lot of good goalies in their system. And you know what? Like you said, you're going to lose one of these players anyways in the expansion draft. Let I would say let Murray go. He can, especially if he plays well in the playoffs, it's going to be a, a tough pill to swallow for fans. But mm-hmm. he's going to demand a lot of money. They don't have a lot of money. Jari will be cheaper. He's proven that he can win. He did it this season. I think he could build off of that. That's what I say. You say try well, to you, try, you say try to bring them back both. I I get it. I just think that it's not feasible. Yeah, I well, I mean, you're you're going to lose someone to Seattle. Yeah. Um, and I guess if if you're able to to you know get Murray and Jari at least for next year, then you at least know who you're going to lose to Seattle. It's going right. to be you know whichever one you don't protect. Um, because I mean you don't you don't want a situation like uh like what happened in Vegas where like you kind of know like like Vegas they they were probably going to take flurry but you know they also maybe wanted rust so you had to pay vegas to not take rust um so i i think you want to go to this seattle uh expansion draft where you kind of know who they're going to take and you're okay with it uh which i mean in that case you would be losing a goalie for nothing um but then again trading a goalie i don't know reasonably what you could expect to get back for a goalie this season because Every team is going to be on a cap crunch. So what, are you going to give back players that, you know, also have big cap hits? I don't know. Because there aren't going to be many teams where you can trade a goalie to and get back, you know, picks and uh, prospects that aren't, you know, counting towards your cap. So, I mean, it's it's tough because, I mean, everyone is going to be in, you know, a, a cap crunch situation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about McCann? Thoughts on him? Keep him? Let him go. Yeah, I mean, he, of, <laughs> of all their restricted free agent forwards, I mean, I think he's one that uh, they have to bring back. I mean, he can play center wing. He's a good Very guy nice. in the, on the third line to have. Um, kind of slowed down at the end of the season, but, uh, I mean, he was in a funk. But, I mean, he's definitely some that could come back. I mean, he's, he's playing on Crosby's line, too. Yeah, he's a versatile guy. And um, relatively cheap for what he can do. So, if they can bring him back on a similar deal – same thing with Pedersen, where it's like one year with the promise that they make it up to him. I mean, yeah, definitely McCann. I would, I would want him back. What about Shiri? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, because he makes $3 million. That's they, absurd they can, for him, by the way. They, they can't pay him $3 million next year. I mean, if uh, – I mean, that's like, you know, 
top line winger money if if that's where they're gonna have him I don't know I I just don't they brought in Sherry with the ex, you know expectation there they're gonna have to play the remainder of the season without Jay Gensel um and because you know they did have that cap relief from Gensel I don't see how they keep both like Sherry at that money you know when you're adding Gensel's salary back into the fold and still you know re-sign other guys I just don't see how Sherry fits and I don't think he's necessary to have you know they they can, oh, they yeah. can have other guys on that wing he's gone uh, I, he's gone because if, if they let him test the waters and he doesn't get a huge contract which I doubt he would no. maybe bring him back cheaper I don't know I say he's gone I say he's yeah. gone all right what about Simone fans would yeah. love to see him gone <laughs> yeah I, I I know fans talk about that all the time but they hate I, that guy it, I don't I don't get it I don't think he's that bad of a player but man Twitter on they, they hate him <laughs> It's I, I there's this like perception with him that he doesn't get any points, but I think like I don't know I because he he does play in Crosby's line a, a you know a fair bit and he doesn't score goals himself as much as he would like to, but uh, if you look at like his because I mean he doesn't really get you know special teams time, but if you look at like his even strength points, uh you know like so assist two they're really not that far off from like you know any other the top six forwards um like wingers I yeah I and for what he brings he's I mean he's good defensively and fans don't like him because they see him as like the embodiment of um advanced analytics because because his his advanced stats are very good and it's because of all the little things he does on those lines and we see it's not just you know um a product of being on Crosby's line because we see that effect wherever you put him and you he can play on any of the four lines and what he was making just over a league minimum you can probably get him back under a million dollars I mean you need someone like that if we're you know if they're going to be you know strapped for cash someone under a million dollars he can put on any of the four lines you like you you have to bring him back yeah and here's the thing I think what people see is when you're with Sidney Crosby I think, and I think it's a, it's a very justifiable thought process. It is, you just have to finish. Like he's mm-hmm. going to put you in position to score goals and to get points and you just have to finish. And I think a lot of fans get frustrated because he's not the best. Simone's not the best finisher. And well, he's a bad finisher. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. Right? I already <laughs> cast Matt Murray away, but uh, you know, I'm trying to be nice. He's not a good finisher. That's who you need up with Crosby. So well, I agree. I agree with you, though, that he does have a role with this team, and because he's never really lit up the scoreboard, he's never been that super. I mean, yeah, you said the advanced analytics are good. He doesn't just jump off the screen or off the page when you're looking at available free agents. I think the Penguins can if, bring him back at a reasonable price. If you're playing with Crosby and Gensel, do you need to be the finisher? Crosby well, and Gensel are pretty good finishers because I mean, if you look at so not this past season, you know, considering Gensel uh, was gone for a good part of the season. But um, the 18-19 season uh, where, you know, Russ McCann, Hornquist, and Simone were all uh, the other wingers on that line. If you look at the, the rate uh, at even strength at each of those lines scored, like, as a line, they score the most goals with Simone on that line. So, yeah. The, the, yeah. If yeah, so <laughs> he and that's obviously not him doing the finishing. So uh, whether it's you know setting up Gensel Crosby uh, and allowing them to you know score more, and I mean 
Gensel was a 40 goal scorer that season. Uh, I mean, if that's what he's doing, that's fine. I, you know, I think if you're playing with Gensel and Crosby, you don't have to be the finisher. You have to do the little things that help them finish. You have to match their intensity level, match their hustle, because that's what those guys do. You know, they're going to, they're going to forecheck, they're going to back check. They're going to, you know, when you're playing the dump and chase game, you're going to have to equal what they're doing on the ice. And that's sometimes where, you bring in these players to play with Sid and you bring them in to, to try to match up that line. And there's a lot of players that aren't capable of doing that. I think he is. I think they bring him back. So to recap for everyone out there that might just, you know, have been in a, I don't know, mental fog there for a little bit. Taylor says, try to bring back both goalies for one year. See if you can do it. I say, get rid of Murray. His glove hand stinks anyways. Um, <laughs> Sheary would both think is gone. He's just asking too much money. McCann, uh, we said bring him back. He's very versatile. Could probably get him around a million and bring back Simone. And I think if you get rid of Murray and you give Jari just a little bit more than what he's making, make it, hey, here's starter money. You might have some still some room. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. But mm-hmm. let's. I've said this like the last three episodes, my gosh, that we've talked. Maybe the next time we talk, we'll have actual hockey to discuss. We'll see. I don't know. Okay. There's probably like 15 more hurdles to go through. But Taylor... <laughs> Thanks for your time. Throw out your Twitter handle in case anyone wants to follow you real quick. It's Taylor Haas, P-G-H, and you spell my last name, H-A-A-S-E. Very good. Thank you for your time. Make sure you check out DK's Daily Shot in the Morning. Remember, follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, whatever. Wherever you are, we're there. Check us out. I will be back tomorrow talking Pitt Panthers, if there's even going to be colleges in session with Mike Kovacs. So make sure you join us tomorrow. Take it easy, everyone. We'll see you.